Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to worship this morning. It's good to be with you all here in the Lord's house to worship him, to receive his gifts of word and sacrament. Why don't we stand and greet each other this morning in the name of the Lord. Members, as always, find somebody that you don't recognize and go say hi. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Darren Shane and it is my privilege to be your announcer on this first Sunday in Lent. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service today is the organist Mrs. Susan Sinniger and the acolytes are Drew Creed and Peyton Minnie. Today's radio broadcast is being sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Our opening hymn is, Lord, Keep Us Steadfast in Your Word, on page 655 of the Lutheran Service Book. May God bless us as we worship together. All right, as the children are finding their seats, we have just a couple of announcements before we continue on with our service today. First of all, in your bulletin, there is a pagination error. Uh, the, bullet, the service looks like it concludes with, I believe it's the post-communion collect. Um, the pagination got a little bit mixed up. If you look on the back cover of your hymnal, that's where the rest of the, the service is. When we get to that part, look on the back cover of your hymnal, and then the service will continue. Okay, uh, we have just a couple of announcements before we continue. First of all, our midweek Lenten services continue this coming Wednesday night. We're in a series entitled Walking in Faith and what that means, what that looks like for us. Uh, we started off with Ash Wednesday last week. We're excited to continue on this coming Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And all Lent long, kids, you are allowed to wear your PJs to church on Wednesday nights. Not on Sunday mornings, but on Wednesday nights, okay? I mean, I guess you can wear it on Sundays, but, you know, however. Okay, I'll let you and your folks figure that one out. Okay, uh, the next thing, the office will be printing the new annual directory very soon. Please notify us with any address, phone number, and email changes that you want added or removed. So if you have a new number or address or email and want that included, or have an old one that you want taken away. Please let us know that soon because we will be completing that project very quickly. Also, we are in a, a new Bible class series on the book of Matthew. Today we finished up with the genealogy of Christ and got to learn about a lots and lots of interesting people that are in his family history. And so we will be continuing on uh, with that study next Sunday and every Sunday for the next several weeks. Uh, weeks that begins at 8.45 a.m., over in the cafeteria at the school. And I believe that is all the announcements that we have for this morning. Let's open our service then today with a word of prayer.
Dear Heavenly Father, how good it is, how good it is to be here this morning. Lord, we, we ask that whatever anxieties or fears or, or concerns or cares or anything that we brought in to these walls here, Lord, we pray that, that we would lift them all to you, that we would give them all over to you. Lord, and as we worship you, allow us by your Holy Spirit to worship you with all of our heart, with all of our minds, and with all of our souls. And Lord, we pray as we do every Sunday that you would give us a zeal this morning, Lord, a zeal for your house of worship here today. In the name of Jesus, we pray all of these things. Amen. Our first hymn is, Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. It's number 655, number 655. Please rise. We begin as we always do, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways 
to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead, by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. The Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you. To guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up. Lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent will you trample underfoot. Glory be, be to, to the Father, Father and, and to the Son, and, and to, to the Holy Spirit. Spirit as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now, and, and will be, be forever. forever. Amen. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. O Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament readings from Genesis, verse three, chapter one, or chapter three, verse one to 20, 21. Now the servant was more crafty than any other beast of the, of the field the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the servant, we may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the servant said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was the delight of the, the eyes and that the tree was the delight of the made one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. 
and she also gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate. When the eyes of both were open, they knew they were naked, and they saw fig leaves together and made themselves long clothes. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave to me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. When the Lord said to the woman, This is what you have done, the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I have put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offsprings and her offsprings. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heels. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, has eaten of the tree in which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, and to return to the ground for out of you were taken. For you are dust, and dust you shall return. Lord made them the wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garment of skin and clothed them. This is the word of the Lord.
Thank you, children. I want you guys to know how much of a blessing that you are to us. That was wonderful. Thank you very, very, very much. Uh, any children who did not come up to sing but would like to come up for the children's message, please do so now. All the young disciples, if there are any out there, come on up for the children's message with Mr. John Clybaker. everybody that was a wonderful song thank you again that was just fantastic I really really enjoyed that well in just a few minutes mr. Mays is going to read from the Bible again for us and one of the things he's going to read about is uh, is going to come from the gospel of Luke Matthew Matthew so why did it come up as Luke on my phone I don't know what that's all about well, we're going to focus on what I've got, Pastor. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read this to you. It says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That doesn't sound so good, does it? To be tempted by the devil. Okay. It's kind of, it's really neat that We've got all the school children here this morning. Um, have any of you ever been tempted by the devil to do something bad in school? Nobody wants to raise their hand because the teachers are all sitting right there. Of course. How about you adults? Did any of you ever do anything bad in school? I bet you a few more hands ought to be going up, wouldn't you say? Okay, true confessions. Sometimes I did some bad things in school, okay? And I'm sorry I did those things. You know what I got in trouble for the most? And folks out there that know John Clybaker very well will understand exactly what I'm talking about. Have any of you ever talked in class when you're not supposed to be talking? A couple, two or three of you? Yeah, you did too, Cohen. Yeah. He was telling his teacher about his new house. I think that's probably a good thing to talk about. But sometimes your teachers want you to talk, and sometimes they want you to be quiet, don't they? Yes. Well, teachers want us to be quiet when it's time to read books. Te yeah. Hey, all he does it right. He raises his hand when, he's supposed, when he wants to talk. I didn't always do that, guys. And sometimes, you know what? I would blame others for the reason that I was talking. In fact, uh, there's some guys behind that glass right back there. Every now and then, the teachers, yeah, <laughs> Darren knows what I'm talking about. I'd blame those guys for trying to get me to talk in school. And every now and then, I'd come up with a real silly excuse, especially if my mom and dad asked me why I got in trouble at school. And I'd say something like, the devil made me do it. Have any of you ever thought of that before? Use that excuse, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry, parents. But anyway, right. We want to blame everybody else for the things that we do wrong sometimes, don't we? 
And it's real easy to blame the devil. Now, does the devil make us do bad things and sins? The devil tempts us to do those things. He puts bad ideas in our minds, and he gets us to thinking about things that maybe we shouldn't do, like talking in class or maybe other things that we know we shouldn't be doing. He also tempts us sometimes to not do the things we're supposed to do. Right, exactly. All he would get in trouble. So, Jesus was tempted also, though. And Jesus was tempted by the devil to do all kinds of things that I think Pastor's going to probably elaborate a little bit more on later, and we'll listen more uh, or hear more about that in the gospel lesson today. But did Jesus sin? Did he sin? No, he didn't sin. And we can take comfort in the fact that even though we do sometimes, we can ask for forgiveness. Right? He didn't sin one time, did he? We can ask for forgiveness, and by our faith in Jesus, we are forgiven. And then what do we get to do? Go live in heaven with him, right? For our special prayer to wrap up, before we go back and sit down either um, with your teachers or with your parents, folks, let's say the Lord's Prayer together. And the whole congregation, why don't you join in? Jesus gave us very specific instructions when he recommended that we pray the Lord's Prayer about temptation. Remember, the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted so that he could prove to the devil that the devil couldn't get him to sin, right? So he advises us to pray the same thing. Everybody bow your heads and join with me and I'll lead you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we go through the rest of the service today and then on to this next week, let's pray that we not be led into temptation and that Jesus gives us the strength to tell the devil no when he gives us bad ideas. All right? Let's go and sit back down and listen to the rest of God's Word. The epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 19. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and no death spread to one man because all sin. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigns from Adam to Moses, even on those whose sinning has not liked the transgression of Adam and was the type of one who had to come. But the free gift is not like the transpass. 
for it may die through one man's trespass, much more than the grace of God and the free gift of the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass through condemnation, but the free gifts followed many trespasses through justification. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because of one man trespass, death reigns through one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reigns in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and the life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many were made righteous. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is also written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. sermon hymn is O Lord Throughout These Forty Days, page 418 in the Lutheran Service Book.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for the message this morning is the gospel lesson that was just read. You'll want to have that in front of you because we'll be going through it as we go along. We'll also be making reference to the Old Testament lesson as well, so you want to uh, perhaps keep your finger on that page as well. I suppose a good place to start with this sermon and in talking about this text is to tell you what it's not. What it's not is a self-help on how to beat temptation. It may seem like that, but as my professor once told a very young, spry, energetic seminarian, me, you're not Jesus. And you just simply can't do the things that he did. So this text is not a self-help about how to battle temptation, but what it is is an exceptional and a wonderful way for us to kick off our Lenten season. Because what Jesus is doing in this text, while he was being tempted by the devil, is really an extraordinary thing. And we're going to look at that now as we go along. And I suppose I'll just sort of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. Because what Jesus is doing here is he is reversing the, the sins of the past. Specifically, Adam and Eve's sin from the fall, and also from the countless failures of the Israelite people. Now, just a little bit of context before we go on. First of all, you will notice that in the, well, you don't see it there, sorry, but in the preceding verse, and in the preceding verses, Jesus is baptized by John in the Jordan River. And so immediately after that, verse 1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It is God's idea that Jesus be tempted at this point. Keep in mind also, verse 2, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Keep in mind that Matthew was only recording the last three temptations that Jesus had gone through. He'd already been in the wilderness for 40 days and for 40 nights, and he hadn't eaten anything. Who knows what other kinds of things and temptations that he battled during that time. But the ones that we are told about specifically are these last three, and as we will say, they are the most important ones for us to know. And the final sort of introductory piece to this text. This text is one of those texts that is so very clear about this one thing. That Satan has no idea who God is. He doesn't really know. He is trying to trick Jesus, the Son of God, into, being, into not only being tempted by him, but then to fall after that to commit whatever sin that he wants him to commit. He's trying to trick him into doing all of these things. But of course, he doesn't do it. And we know why he doesn't do it, because we know that he is God. We know God because of Christ. 
but Satan doesn't. He thinks that he can trick Jesus without knowing that there's no way possible that Jesus is ever going to succumb to the temptations that he is giving. Jesus is now then going to start the reversal. The reversal of the sins of the past, specifically with the fall, and specifically with the many times in which the the people of Israel have failed Jesus in their following of him. Let's first then look at the fall. And go back to your Old Testament lesson, and we're going to look at specifically the inner thinkings of Eve as, right after Satan, the, I'm sorry, right after the serpent has tempted her. We go back to Genesis. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And here's where the fall happens. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was, number one, good for food, Number two, that it was a delight to the eyes. And number three, that the, tree was to be, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and, and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and, and he ate. Three things. Number one, she saw that it was good for food. Number two, she saw that it was a delight to the eyes. It was pleasing to her eyes. And number three, that the tree was to be desired because it would make her wise, knowing the difference between good and evil. So now we go back to our text. Go back to Matthew, verse 3. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Sounds Sounds like those rocks are kind of good for food, huh? But Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He is reversing that first incident, that it was good for food. It is so interesting to me how we as human beings are so controlled by our stomachs. Seriously. If, if, if we're hungry, we don't think straight. When we get hungry, when we don't, don't, don't have enough food, we're just typically not like ourselves. It's like that, what is that? It, it's that um, Snickers commercial. You know, you eat, eat that and you're not yourself. Well, he's eat this. Interesting, too. Do you remember in the story of Jacob and Esau? Do you remember why Esau gave up his birthright? Because he was starving. He was hungry. And so Jacob had this food to eat, and he said, well, my birthright is is not going to do me much good if I starve to death. So he ate it, gave up his birthright. Started all the way back with Eve. She saw that it was good for food. God had given them everything. Everything. Everything that they needed, God had given them. And he said, but but that, that one tree... You are not allowed to eat from that tree. 
You can have everything else. But that one tree, no. You cannot eat from that one tree. And so Eve, following her stomach, well, that looks pretty good. Looks pretty good for food. Now, men, before, we, before you go home and say, see, I told you it was the woman's fault. What did Adam do after that? He ate it. He was actually supposed to be the one in charge of Eve. So when this happened, you want to know whose fault it actually is? It's Adam's fault. He is the one who was supposed to look after Eve. He is the one who was supposed to care for Eve. He should have known, but he didn't. He followed his stomach too and fell into the same sin. And so what does Jesus do? Well, he has the opportunity and the chance to be fed. He can do it. He is God. He can tell stones to become loaves of, of bread. But I love his response, of course, as we should. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The first one. The second one. Eve saw that the food was pleasing to the eye. We go back to Matthew. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and says to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus responds to him again, It is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. There was a thought, a sort of a legend in Jewish circles, that when the Messiah would come, that he would go up to the top of the temple, to a pinnacle on that temple, and then he would throw himself down so that he would prove that he is the Messiah. That was the thought. If you were Jesus, and you knew Everything that was about to happen in your life, especially during these next three years, specifically your death and specifically how you were going to die, wouldn't a quick death look pretty pleasing to you? You just jump off. Wouldn't that look pretty pleasing to the eye of Jesus? It could all be over very, very soon, and yeah, and you can still prove that you were the Messiah. But of course, Jesus knows better. He knows that without the cross, there is no resurrection. Without the cross, sin is not paid for, it is not atoned for. And without the cross, without him dying, there is no resurrection from the dead. And, and as Paul says, and if there is no resurrection from the dead, then our, then our faith is futile and we are still in our sins. You see, Jesus knew. And so he reverses it. And he says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. He knows. He knows what he has to do. He knows what he must go through, and so he continues on. Regardless if, if it would have been easier this way or not. The last one for the, the fall. Desirable to make 
one wise. We go to, to Matthew verses 8 through 11. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and you shall serve him only. If you were given the opportunity to have all of the power and everything in the world at your fingertips, and you controlled everything, it would make sense too, don't you think, that, that you would want to be wise? That you would want to know how to handle it? That you would want to know how to manage it? And I don't have to tell all of you the irony here. He already has it. It's already his. It already belongs to him. Everything does. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. But Satan doesn't know God. He doesn't understand that Jesus will not be tricked, and so he tries. And he tempts him with this one last and the greatest of them all. I'll give it all to you if you simply bow down and worship me. But what Satan doesn't realize, what he can't see, is that it already all belongs to him. Jesus has a mission to complete, and there is nothing that will stop him from doing that. Not even the great tempter himself. Keep in mind that while all of these things are happening, he's hungry. He hasn't eaten. He is at his weakest physical point. And he, he never falters, he never fails, and he follows the Father to perfection. Because he, of course, is perfect. And so Jesus then, as far as the fall goes, reverses it does not give in to what his stomach is telling him, does not give in to what looks more pleasing to his eyes, and does not give in to that which could, quote-unquote, make him wise. He follows the Father to perfection and reverses the fall. Now, the second set that he, that he reverses in the wilderness, the Israelites were not very good at following God. They failed many, many times. And so we're going to look at just a few of those now and see what Jesus does here. Each temptation will allow us to see Israel's failure and where Jesus has succeeded. We go back to Exodus chapter 16, starting at verse 2. And the whole congregation, this is after the Israelites have been freed from slavery. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. And we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. You know, as I think about it, it was better when we were in slavery. We had all of this meat to eat. We had all of this really great stuff. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether they will walk 
in my ways or not? Well, what does Jesus say? Satan says, tell these stones to to become bread. Well, Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. There's the first one. The second one, Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. They are still in the wilderness. God has done what they asked of him and has provided manna for them to eat. They're still not satisfied. 17, verse 1, All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord says to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? God continues to rescue his people. And yet the people of God have the audacity to ask the question, well, is God really with us or not? How can you even ask that? He has not only delivered you from the hands of bondage and slavery which you were in, then he feeds you, then he gives you water, and he is taking you to the promised land. Is God really with us or not? It takes them about two seconds before they start to whine again, and before they they start to have these thoughts about, well, maybe God has left us. Maybe God doesn't care. But then Jesus, the Son of God, well, he reverses that too. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. And Jesus says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Don't test the Lord your God. That's what Jesus knows. That's what he believes is true. That's what is truth, and so he doesn't do it. Where the Israelites failed, Jesus succeeds. And then finally, in the last temptation of Satan... We see a reversal of then after this how the Israelites are constantly, always going after false gods. No matter what God has done for them, they will always go after, they always go after something else. Something else that will, that will be meaningful to them, uh, that will be meaningful to them at that particular moment in time, because waiting is just something that they don't do. The golden calf was just one incident of many afterwards. Keep in mind, 
The golden calf happens just days, I mean hours, after they have been freed from slavery. And so, well, Moses is up on top of the mountain. They don't see him for a while. Well, maybe God has left us. And they fashioned their own God after that, just hours. Mere hours. After God has rescued them, freed them from the slavery and the bondage that they were in. And so, Jesus reverses that too. The devil takes them up to the high mountain and says, all of this will, will belong to you. Jesus says, you shall worship the Lord your God and you will serve him only. Reversal, reversal, reversal. Israel's past failings, our ancestors' past failings, all the way back to the garden. And God, through his son Jesus, reverses it and puts it back to the way that it was supposed to be. Remember, we've talked about this before. The entire mission of Jesus is about one thing. It's about bringing the reign of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, to earth. And so he does that through all of his healings and his miracles, making the blind see, the deaf being, being able to hear all of those things. He is reversing what sin has done and putting it back to the way that it was supposed to be. And he continued this reversal all the way to the cross. Reversing the past sins of the people, making them perfect in the sight of God, just like him, in perfect harmony with God back to the way that it was always supposed to be in the beginning. And this, this is why, this is such a great text to kick off our season of Lent. Because during Lent we have the opportunity and the time to ponder and to think about and to sing about and to talk to one another about the cost. The cost that it took to win our salvation. And keep in mind, not simply the cost of the cross on our, on, on our behalf. But the cost of, of going 40 days and 40 nights without any food and being tempted by the greatest tempter of them all on our behalf. By taking on the very cost of being betrayed by one of those who was closest to him on our behalf. Considering the cost of carrying his own device of torture after he had already been beaten and mangled and bloodied to Calvary. To consider the cost of his death when he was crucified, when he was hung there and he had done nothing wrong arrested with two criminals who actually had done things wrong, who actually were there because of their crimes. He was there, and he had committed none. And then we consider 
the cost of when he breathed his last and he gave up his spirit and said, it is finished. Everything that I came to do, the mission for which I was sent, it is finished. That was the cost. That was the cost that we considered during Lent and every Lenten season. This is what we ponder. This is what we think about. This is what we sing about. But as we are pondering those things, and as we are considering those things, and as we are thinking about those things, and as we are singing about those things, and as we are talking to one another about those things, let us also talk about what the cost meant. And what the cost led to. I know it's very, very hard for us today to see ourselves in this way. But I challenge all of us during this Lent season, I challenge myself to view one another, to view ourselves in the same way that the Father views you. You see, the Father doesn't see your sins. He doesn't see your past failures. He doesn't see all of those awkward moments in your life, all of those ways that you have either failed him or failed one another. He doesn't see that. The only thing that that the Father sees is perfection. He sees you as his perfect child without blemish, without sin, without fault, because of costly grace. Because of what it cost him, his very own son, to make us like him, to make us back to the way that it was supposed to be. Without sin, without blemish, without any imperfections inside and out, and to be perfect, just as he is perfect. If you look inside of your bulletins, all of you received a bookmark. And on this bookmark are the words of a hymn. It is in our hymnal. We'll perhaps sing it a little bit later on in Lent. It's not as well known of a hymn. But I want, us, I want to read to you the first two verses of this hymn because it puts it so much better than I ever could. Verse 1 says, A lamb goes uncomplaining forth the guilt of sinners bearing, and laden with the sins of earth, none else the burden sharing, goes patient on, grows weak and faint, to slaughter led without complaint, that spotless life to offer. He bears the stripes, the wounds, the lies, the mockery, and yet replies all this, I gladly suffer. This Lamb is Christ, the soul's great friend, the Lamb of God, our Savior, whom God the Father chose to send to gain for us his favor. Go forth, my son, the Father said, and free my children from their dread of guilt and condemnation. The wrath and stripes are hard to bear, but by your passion they will share the fruit of your salvation. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Please rise. We now say together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is found printed on the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father, God, the Father Almighty, Almighty, maker of, maker heaven, of and earth, heaven and earth, and in Jesus, and in Jesus Christ, Christ, his only, his Son, only our Son, our Lord, who was conceived, who was conceived by, the by the Holy Spirit, Spirit born, of the, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, Pilate was, crucified, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended, he descended into, into hell. The third, the third day he rose again from the dead. From the dead. He, ascended he ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy, the Holy Christian Church, Church, the communion, the communion of, saints, of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection, the resurrection of, the body, of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time for you to fill out the attendance book that is in on one side or the other of your pews. Please pass that along. Uh, Members, please fill it out so that we know that you were here. And guests, if you would please, uh, if you wouldn't mind to put your telephone number down uh, somewhere in that blank so that we might have the opportunity to connect with you, that would be great. And so with that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness in the public marketplace. Hear the Lutheran Hour message each Sunday on the following stations. At 6.30 a.m. KTXRFM 101.3 Springfield. At 9.30 a.m. on KKOWAM 860 Pittsburgh, Kansas. And at 12.30 p.m. on KRUM FM 100.3 FM Rogers, Arkansas. Visit online at www.lutheranhour.org to learn about the inspirational Lutheran Hour Ministries program or visit www.lhm.org. Any questions regarding the Lutheran Hour may be addressed by calling the church office at 235-7300. Trinity's Adult Bible Classes meets at 9 a.m. each Sunday in the cafeteria and the fellowship hall of the school. Men's Bible study meets each Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. in the chapel. The Mount Vernon Ladies Bible Study Group will not meet until after Easter. Additional study groups include Ladies Tuesday Evening Bible Study at 7 p.m. at the home of Tony Oberman. Ladies Afternoon Bible Study meets the first and third Mondays at 1 p.m. For more information regarding the Bible Study Groups, contact the church office at 235 73 Zero, zero. We will now rejoin the congregation in the celebration of Holy Communion.
Before we continue with our prayers, we have a few folks that we want to remember in prayer today. First of all, for those who are on our health list, <clears throat> from Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Esther Holly, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Brenda Lawmaster, Myron Reed, Rosa Marie Griman, Carol McIntyre, Morris Shane, Marilyn Stewart, Elda Nelson, Sandy Voskamp, Caitlin Cly Baker, David Hughes, Marv Henning. Also, uh, Ed and Tracy Ray will be celebrating 28 years of marriage on March 10th. Tracy, does it seem like it's that long? No? Good. All right. And also, for the, a few folks, we'll be celebrating birthdays for, I, uh, for Lena Bremer, celebrating 88 years of life yesterday on March 4th, and for Ernest Shane, who will be celebrating 94 years of life on March 11th. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you endured all of it for us. Everything from the, the beginning of your life to its end here on earth, and now, Lord, as you sit at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, Lord, you did it all for us. You went through all of the cost for us. And Lord, through your perfection, you willingly and obediently obeyed the Father. We were not and are not able to. And then, Lord, in, a, in, in, in an incredibly glorious transfer, you give to us your perfection. And, Lord, because of that, the Father sees us as being perfect, as we are his own, as we are the very apple of his eye. Lord, in your mercy... Dear Lord, we pray for the nation and the world in which we live. Lord, there is so much unrest. There is, are so many places and so many people who are in need. And we pray, Lord, that where there is war, that there would be peace. Lord, that where there is hunger, that people will be fed. And Lord, wherever people are in need, we pray that by your Spirit that you would fulfill those needs for them. Lord, in your mercy... Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the school that we have, and Lord, we thank you that as we begin this National Lutheran Schools Week, we thank you, Lord, for Lutheran schools. We thank you, Lord, that it is in these schools, Lord, that we are not ashamed of the gospel. But Lord, we have the great opportunity and the great privilege to teach and to speak and to proclaim to all of these children that you have so graciously given us the very gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also pray for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially, Lord, for all those that are listed here on our health list, and for all those, Lord, that we know who are suffering, that we name before you in our hearts now.
Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, we also rejoice with those who are celebrating anniversaries and birthdays. Lord, we give you thanks for the 28 years of marriage that you have given to Ed and to Tracy, and we ask, Lord, that you would grant to them in this next year, uh, that in, in this next year, that you would help them, Lord, to grow closer to one another, and that they will grow closer to you. Lord, also, we give you thanks for Lena, who, who celebrated 88 years of life yesterday, and also, Lord, for Erna, who will celebrate 94 years of life coming up soon. Lord, we pray that in this next year of life, we pray, Lord, that you would keep them ever so very close to you, continue to shower upon them your loving kindness. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us, and we thank you, Lord, that it is in with and under the bread and the wine that you have given us the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our souls. And Lord, we pray, uh, Lord, that where there are those that we know, whether it is in our family, whether it is in the people that we work with, whoever it might be, Lord, if there are people that we know that do not yet know you as Lord and Savior, we pray uh, that they would come to this knowledge of the truth. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good ride and salutary that we should at all times and in all places Give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, ever praising you and singing. art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, 
shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Our next hymn will be Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus, number 685 in the Lutheran Service Book.
Our next hymn is on Wing Eagle's Wings, number 727, in Lutheran Service Book, on Eagle's Wings, number 727.
Please rise. Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. I invite the all-school choir to come back up for their benediction to us.
Please rise as we sing our closing hymn, Lord, Take My Hand and Lead Me. That's number 722, number 722. Thanks again for worshiping with us today. A special thank you to the children for your lovely singing today. It was such an enhancement to our worship, and we're so very, very thankful for you. Also, special thanks to their teachers, especially to Mrs. Wormington, who has been working with them. Uh, it's just so incredibly wonderful to be able to have them here today. Uh, again, just a reminder that our next Lenten midweek service is this coming Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Look forward to seeing everybody there, and I pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with the members of Trinity next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on KKBL-FM 95.9 Aurora, Missouri or trinityradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Darren Shane.